I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is Monday, May 23rd, and you are listening to the West of the Rest podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast feed. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by my co-host, the National Recruiting Editor for 24-7 Sports, Mr. Brandon Huffman. And, and Huff, we're doing this live in person together, you and I. We have not done it in person live in a long time. The last time I did it, though, was a week ago with Greg Biggiswell. Listen up here. Wally Pip is back, and he is swinging a hot bat right now. I was on deck for a while, but I'm in the batter's box. The last time we did this together in in one a vehicle, I think it was the same vehicle, or at least a, a truck. Uh, we were doing a JT Tuimoloau emergency episode because he had just come off the board and announced his commitment to the Ohio State Buckeyes. But on this episode, we will discuss some big news with quarterback Jaden Rashada, who named a top seven, and it sounds like he does have a commitment date. A couple of other visitors that hit the, the road this past weekend. We will touch on the event that brought us together, the UC Report ESPN 300 Elite Underclassmen Camp in Las Vegas. But before we get there, how are you doing, my friend? I haven't seen you in a while. Dude, it's been a while. It's been too long. It's actually only been two weeks. But to do this in person, it's been nearly a year. And in that time, so much in college football has changed. So, you know, that was three days before NIL went into effect. When we did that emergency podcast, I think it was like the end of June. Lincoln Riley was still in Oklahoma. Oklahoma fans all thought he was the greatest coach of all time. Clay Helton was still employed at USC. Brian Kelly was still in uh, South Bend. And my, 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 have things changed over the last nine months? And how they've changed over the last two weeks since I last saw you, Blair? So what you're saying is we should come to expect some big changes now that we have come together and done a podcast together in person. 100%. And I think not only will they be big changes, but they will all have the same cliche. College football is turning into the wild, wild west. Like, come on, folks. Can we think of a different cliche? Go watch 1883. Go watch Tombstone. The wild, wild west was way less crazy as this. You didn't have Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday talking trash to each other. No, no, no. College football is well past the wild, wild west. Crazy and Yellowstone. I mean, I could only think of one person, and I think we all know who I'm talking about. Yes, and Yellowstone, played by former Cal State Fullerton great, Kevin Coster, one of the third most famous Cal State Fullerton alum, after Mark Kotze and Greg Biggins. Greg, you're not on the show this week. Blair's back. Speaking of, of changes, Huff, uh, I touched on it on the podcast last week. On Thursday, the, the day that we had the interview with the number one tight end in the country, Deuce Robinson from Pinnacle High School in, in North Phoenix. If you missed that, you can check the feed to, to hear the interview. But there's been obviously the the expansion or I guess the they've erased the ability to shorten recruiting classes, right? You're able now to sign. There's no limit on the amount of prospects you can sign in the signing class. How do you feel like that's going to impact the recruiting landscape? Well, I think back to, you know, when I first started in this job in the early 2000s and, you know, there would be years where the top player in UC LA's class or Arizona State's class or Cal's class would get a late offer from Pete Carroll and USC and become the 25th best player in USC's class and would never see the field. You know, you and I were talking earlier 
here at Launchbook, guys that probably should have gone to other schools, but they were attracted to the allure of some of the bigger brands. And then they're in the portal with no film to speak of, no playing time to speak of, and three years at that program with nothing to show for. Now, how are you going to try to convince a school and a coach that you can play at that level? So I think it's going to further, you're going to have the big brand schools signing more and more because they have the budget to cover that. I remember talking to a Pac-12 coach right after the pandemic hit when the 2020 season was basically a free year for everybody. And he said, you know, the Alabamas, the LSUs of the world, they're going to be able to afford having 110, 115 guys on scholarship. But what about the schools that can't afford it? And I think you're going to see that, hey, the school's still on the hook for the scholarship, but there are schools that can afford to sign 30, 35. I know they still have to say at the 85 threshold, but I think there's going to be schools that'll be able to take on those spots and they'll be able to add 30, 35 schools or players to that school, to that class. And that'll hurt other classes. And that just means that more guys will be going into the portal at some point when they get processed out. The thing that I think is really interesting to me is uh, the fact that these coaches are going to be able to take risks and maybe try to get to 30 thinking, oh, we can take a flyer on this guy. And if he turns into a dude, he's going to be our steal, right, of the class. And if he doesn't turn into a dude, we just go into the portal and make up for that mistake, right? Whether or not uh, he pans out or he developed the way we thought he would, or maybe you stash a player away, right, develop him for a couple years and know that he's going to be ready for you as maybe as a retro sophomore or a junior. There's a lot of different layers there. And I think what I'm interested to see is how each school differentiates in its usage of the of the elimination of, of that rule, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think back to like a guy like Matt Rule. Remember when he took over at Baylor a few years ago, they were dealing with, you know, the early firing of Art Bryles and all the kind of the scandal that was rocking the Baylor football program. And I think his first year there, they went one and 11. And slowly but surely, he got it turned around to where they went to the Sugar Bowl. He ultimately leaves for the NFL. Dave Aranda comes in. His first year is the pandemic year. It's a rough year. But then by year two, thanks to some transfers, they win the Sugar Bowl, win the Big 12. And I think the days of you as a head coach getting hired and saying, hey, it's going to be a rebuilding process. We got to quote unquote clean the, clean the underbelly. No, you don't need to clean the underbelly. You just need to find that rule that the Athletic wrote about this week, that kind of seldom known rule that allows coaches to essentially run off players from that roster. And now you go build it up with bullet in the cough winners, with, you know, starters that were in major bowl games. And that's how you quickly remedy your program. So I think, you know, recruiting, we already know Portal has changed recruiting, but it's also immensely changed how quickly you can compete as a program. If you run off enough guys and you can fill that those spots up with talented players, there is no rebuild project. You can go from being a 4-18 and one year to a conference champion potentially in the mix for a playoff spot within a year. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. I'm, I'm really interested to see what that looks like in December and which schools really push uh, the envelope in that sense, right? Whether or not we see some monster classes and how that affects the recruiting landscape as a whole. This is the West of the Rest and we do talk West Coast recruits. Let's touch on perhaps the hottest name in the West region. That would be Jaden Rashada, the quarterback from Pittsburgh. Up in Northern California, you got to see him recently uh, at a camp in the Bay Area in Oakland, and he has released his top seven, which right now is is looking, it's looking really interesting because he's got a mix of new schools that are in the picture. He's got a mix of schools that have been involved with him for a while. He's got some schools that he wants to take official visits to. He's got schools that he's already been to. This is a recruitment that has taken a lot of different turns, even though there hasn't been a decision made, but to be about a month away from making a decision, or is it two months or so? Yes, June 18th is the So, essentially being 
under a month away from decision day, but here we are with seven schools still in the mix. Well, the interesting thing is when he released the top 10 in December, of those 10 schools, only two schools on this top seven were on that list. Hey, 20%. And in, 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 in the three outcomes era, right, where you're either aiming for a home run or you strike out or you walk, I mean, a 200 hitter is not terrible. No, no. It's, you know, at that point, you might be the cleanup hitter for the Seattle Mariners, but I digress. You will look at this list and you'll say, okay, well, what's so different about it? Well, Ole Miss was on the original top 10, but that was because Jeff Levy, who's now the OC at Oklahoma, was recruiting him heavily and Oregon was in his top seven. Does that mean Oregon the favorite? No, it just means that they have consistently been in it for him. But Cal, the hometown school, wasn't even in his top 10, but they're in his top seven. Florida was going to probably be on the outside looking in, offered him recently. He's going to take an official visit down there. They're in the top seven. LSU, where he took a surprise unofficial visit to after his old Miss official, they're in it. Miami, where we mentioned when Oregon was in it before, part of that was because of the work that Joe Moorhead, who's now the head coach at Akron, and Mario Cristobal, now the head coach of Miami, was doing at Oregon. So Miami's in it. He took an unofficial down there. Ole Miss, his only official that he's actually taken so far was to Ole Miss. Oregon, as we mentioned, where he took an unofficial last weekend. And then Texas A&M, a school that he's planning to take a visit, a visit to. So he is likely going to take three more visits. Which of those become officials remains to be seen. I anticipate there's going to be an official to Texas A&M and likely an official to LSU probably an official to Florida and there might be a couple other unofficials in there so this is clearly a recruitment that these next three or four weeks are going to be fascinating as heck to watch and then he'll announce his decision on June 18th and you know will he have a decision before Arch Manning will he have a decision before Dante Moore that there's still a couple quarterbacks here where their dominoes are affecting kind of that second tier of passers yeah there, there's so many moving parts and it's always really interesting to see which schools maybe don't have the patience to miss out on a guy right Right? Because I think if you're playing that game where you are going after some of the elite prospects at the quarterback spot, you can't be left empty-handed. You have to make sure you at least get one of the targets, one of the guys that you offered, or one of the guys that you like. And you know, it's just to kind of see some of these schools that are in the mix for Dante Moore or for an Arch Manning, uh, it's definitely interesting to see where the dominoes will fall and how things will shake out. So he's got a pretty clear roadmap now heading into his decision day. What's a big factor when you maybe get to catch up with him or when you pick his brain about the whole process. I mean, what's what's going to be really important for, for him and that family when they do sit down to make that final decision? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is quarterback development. You know, which coaches at the schools he's looking at have had the best track record le- recently at quarterback development. And it doesn't have to be necessarily at the school that he's considering it, but it might have been where that coach was at previously. Do they have a track record of developing quarterbacks into NFL prospects? Also, you know, what is the secession plan? Is he in line to potentially start as a true freshman in the fall of 2023? Is there a hotshot junior or senior he would have to come in and back up for a year before he takes over? There's a lot of quarterbacks that are okay with that. They go to a school knowing they're going to probably sit a year before it's their turn. But playing time and quarterback development are two, going to be two big factors. And, you know, the reality is the way the recruiting is going nowadays, you can't not include NIL as a part of it. Keep in mind, Jaden was one of the first recruits in this class as a high schooler to sign an NIL deal uh, with a phone app. You know, and it may not be the most lucrative one in the world, but you know, clearly he's already looking at ways to improve his brand. So I think NIL will be a part of it. But when you're a quarterback, you're going to see where do I have a chance to go to the NFL, to play in college, get my best look at the NFL, and then that development in that three years develops me into being a 10 to 12 to 15 year pro. Yeah, it's going to be 
a really interesting saga as it continues. Jaden Rashada, the quarterback from Northern California, continuing to make his way through the recruiting process. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to the West of the Rest podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are back on the West of the Rest podcast, live on location in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. It is a little steamy, but it was actually a really good camp that we just went to out at Bishop Gorman. We will discuss one of the headliners and his recruitment, Blake Purchase, and the schools that are involved with him. He's a four-star edge rusher from the state of Colorado. But before we get there, Huff, uh, there's been a couple big visits, and uh, it's always fun to bring up some potential SEC players from the West Coast. Yes, and it does, because it just means more. As we can hear. <laughs> it absolutely means more. As we saw the sniping this this week between former colleagues Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. The fact that Jimbo Fisher called a midday press conference the day after. I mean, think about it. Think about it. You're the World Games or whatever the event Nick Saban was promoting in Birmingham. And it turned into the most widely talked about soundbite in recent college football history. I mean, this is bigger than come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Or this is D1 football, brother. This was the passive aggressive shade that wasn't even passive aggressive. It was straight out blunt. And then Jimbo came back firing the next day. Folks, we would he never. Call, he called an emergency an podcast. Emergency podcast. The, the sirens that, were sounding. That, that was basically a, a a platform for people to ask him questions, but we all knew how he felt. Oh, absolutely. Do you ever see Lincoln Riley and Dan Lanning or Chip Kelly and Justin Wilcox sniping like that? No, because it's not that it doesn't mean more out less. It just means more in the SEC. Yeah, and I mean, you, you wonder and you maybe you look at why recruits are leaving the West Coast at the rate that they're leaving. And this is a clear example of why, right? Like we're seeing how significant football is in the SEC. And if you're serious about football, and a lot of these recruits are, uh, it, it definitely is one of those selling points, right? Where Jimbo Fisher brings in a recruit from California, or from Oregon, or from Nevada, or wherever it may be. And all you have to do is just point to that press conference and say, look, like, this is our life out here. Look at the spring games. I mean, guys go on unofficials for spring games, two schools in the SEC, and they're 80,000. You're seeing stadiums in the West that can fit that many, but aren't even getting anywhere close to that many for their rivalry games in November because it just means more in the South. Yeah. Right. So the visit, was it William, the, the tight end? Yes. From uh, Oregon, right? Yep, Riley Williams. Uh, then you had Jaden Wayne on his way who visited Georgia. So 
two of the best players in the Northwest, two of the best players on the West Coast at their positions heading for national visits. And those are the kind of visits that the Pac-12 school, I mean, you know, Jaden Wayne's tweeted four of his official visits, and three of them were to the SEC, and the fourth is Oregon. You know, so that tells you what the Pac-12 is going up against. Riley Williams has a top eight, and I think Oregon is the only school in the West Coast on his top eight. So that's what the SEC, I mean, you go look at that. We'll go back to the national championship game, player. Starting quarterback for the runner-up in that game, California kid. The final offensive touchdown in that game scored by Georgia, California kid. The final touchdown scored, period, in that game, a Washington slash Arizona kid. Now, Will Anderson's a freak. He's from the Southeast. There's plenty of guys from down South. But you're looking at the national championship game. So if you're a kid in Los Angeles, if you're a kid in Oakland, if you're a kid in Seattle or Phoenix or Vegas, and you're watching this national championship game and you're seeing West Coast kid, West Coast kid, West Coast kid, Cam Latu had, what, two touchdowns in that game? Utah kid. If you're a West Coast kid and you're seeing in the biggest game of the year, West Coast kids making play after play, that hurts the next cycle of wanting to stay home because they're seeing the difference those kids are making down in the Southeast and they're being so, yeah, you expect the Pac-12 schools to recruit you, but when Nick Saban or Kirby Smart saying, hey, we need you, we want you to be a part of our national championship team, that's hard to turn down. Yeah, and speaking of West Coast kids, one that is narrowing down and really closing in on a decision would be uh, Jane Lamar, uh, yes. the number one running back in the West region. He is supposed to make his decision on Thursday. What is the latest that you can that you can dish on us on Lamar and his process? Yeah, I put in a crystal ball for Notre Dame a while back. Still feel pretty good about that crystal ball. Michigan, Oregon, and Arizona are also in the mix for him. Uh, but I think that, you know, six years, seven years after another Lake Stevens prospect who had a Notre Dame off- offer and had Notre Dame ties, Jacob Easton, whose father, Tony Easton, uh, played at Notre Dame. Notre Dame might be finally getting their Lake Stevens kid and Jaden Lamar. Things are looking good for the Irish. Uh, as you said, the top running back out west, uh, one of the most dynamic players that you're going to find. And the Irish have done a phenom- phenomenal job. They just lost a commitment from Cedric Irvin in the last couple of days, but that sounds like it was more him seeing the writing on the wall and Jaden Lamar likely to pick the Irish this week. And, you know, it may not be the SEC, but another case. That now makes two players in the you know Northwest NorCal region with Cooper Flanagan, the tight end from De La Salle and Concord, already committed to the Irish. So Marcus Freeman continuing to recruit nationally for the Irish. Yeah, funny that you mentioned may not be the SEC, but as far as Marcus Freeman is concerned, I mean, they are recruiting at that SEC level going now. National, basically nitpicking, I don't want to say nitpicking, but plucking away some of the better prospects from every corner of the country. And it's Notre Dame at the end of the day, right? Like they have so much appeal. They have so much going for them on the field. And now they've turned it up a notch in recruiting with Marcus Freeman leading the way. So Jay Lamar making his decision on Thursday. Before we go, let's talk a little Blake Purchase. You and I were cowards, I want to say, because we found this little nook of shade in the very rigorous and just super hot sun out in Vegas. But we were without a roster at the time and we were looking as players were checking in and I was like, oh, like, that must be Blake Purchase. And it ended up being Blake Purchase and he was phenomenal during the event, had a a number of of impressive pass rush one-on-one reps and you can see why he has offers from every corner of the country as well. He's got five official visits in the month of June, going out to Oklahoma, going out to Iowa State where his brother Miles is a defensive back, going out to Texas, going out to Washington and Oregon and then he... 
tends to make a decision in July. You got to see him. What did you like about him as a as a prospect, and and what makes him one of those players that in the West region has a, a lot of buzz right now? Well, I think you look at his size and his frame. You see his quickness, his athleticism. He looked best coming downhill. You know, but he showed that he, if he needed to drop into coverage. Now they weren't doing any real coverage drills uh, where he was covering running backs or anything. It was just lineman against lineman. But you saw that the quickness off the edge, that the pass rushing ability that he has, the athleticism, the frame in which he has. You know, he still looks like he's got a, another growth spurt to him where he's going to put on some really good weight. And I think I, I love the motor, you know, for like you mentioned, it was hot. It was hot out there today. When you're in Arizona and you're in Nevada, this might be what your par for the course is. But when you're coming from states that don't necessarily hit this hot, this heat at hot, as hot as it is this time of year, it can be a little bit of an adjustment. And some guys start cramping. Some guys start tapping out. But he didn't. You know, he did all the testing. He was competitive. He was, you know, one of the first guys in the line for each drill. And that's what you want to see. It reminded me a lot of Tassilia Khanna last week where, you know, some of these guys that they're, they're the big name recruits, they can go into cruise control. But instead, they use it as an opportunity to get better. And I love the motor. I love the energy he, that he brought and, you know, just a lot of physical upside there with Blake Purchase. Yeah, we really liked uh, just his ability to get off the edge and he's got the the speed and uh, right now being a hot commodity in the recruiting world, like I mentioned, visits out to Oklahoma, Texas, Washington, Iowa State and Oregon lined up for the month of June and he intends to make a decision in the month of July. So for Brandon Huffman and our producer Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this in-person and very on-location episode of the West of the Rest podcast.